station's always right beforehand are a little bit weird because you're like, I don't want to talk too much or else that'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll ruin what we're yes. going to talk about. <laughs> everybody happy new year hope it was great hope the holidays treated you special it's me chill hernandez your old time friend from notes for my improv notebook your internet's resource for some improv knowledge i'm so happy to be back and thank you so much for continuing on this journey with me it's special and you're a part of it so i appreciate you before i get to the episode uh, we have a special interview today but i won't spoil that because I am teaching a workshop at the San Diego Improv Festival, February 9th at 2 p.m., and they are offering early bird sign-up specials if you sign up before January 15th. If you'd like more info, you can find that at finestcityimprov.com slash sdif slash workshops 2019. On to the interview. I'm so stoked to tell you about one of the coolest people I know here in L.A., so approachable, so likable, this dude is a walking improv knowledge book. I love him so much. Uh, you're going to enjoy this interview with Zach Huddleston. Yes, that's correct. The Zach Huddleston came to my podcast and he said, I will do your podcast after I asked him. And I said, woohoo. Zach, of course, is a member of Hey Day, who performs at Westside Comedy Theater now, used to perform at iOS. He also teaches at Westside Comedy Theater. So here is part one of Zach Huddleston. Thank you so much for tuning back into Notes from My Improv Notebook. This is Chell again, and I am so excited to have here a former artistic director of iOS, a current instructor at Westside Comedy Theater, and a co-founder of Improv Capital. Please give a listened round of applause. <laughs> or clap in your car. Clap, clap on your... the treadmill wherever you're listening to this. Clap. Yeah. Clap. Please clap for Zach Huddleston. Thank you so much for doing my podcast. Thanks I'm so for, excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Not not a problem. Uh, you know, when I was thinking of lists of people that I really liked, I was you were right there on that list. Oh, thank you. Uh, of course, we worked together when you were the coach of my team uh, for the week uh, at iOS. Basically, teachers got to choose one student per class, and they made a team of the top students of that class. And then we got to perform for a whole month at iOS stage. The name kind of escapes honor me. Honor roll. Honor roll. Thank yes. you very much. And I was on honor roll, which was a lot of fun. And Zach was my teacher. So I learned a lot from you, Zach. Oh, thank you. And you were a wonderful student. Uh, uh, just a, a very quick aside. I, I, so I was the artistic director, and I don't know, was I the artistic director when we I had that, or that might have been before? At that time, it was before. Yes, and I was just a I was teacher. in classes. Yeah. yeah. So like, I pitched that idea to the to the person who's the artistic director before me as just like a, you know, it'd be fun if we did like an honor roll thing where we um, uh, picked a, you know all the best students and made them into a team for a month, and then like flash forward like the next week like hey we made that thing and you're in charge of it and and get to do it but like which was wonderful and i enjoyed it all and like selfishly i never would have anticipated this but i got to meet like all the best students that were coming through io how awesome and like so many of them are like still friends and like collaborators and everything it was like i 
you know, got to have my own little skull and bones or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you, you know? were a matchmaker, essentially. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. I didn't know that that was your idea. Yeah. You're a producer, basically. I should add a producer oh, to your credits. Well, yeah. <laughs> that might be misleading. People <laughs> that, might think, he's, what does he do, movies? <laughs> <laughs> no way. Producers do really cool things. You actually created a project. What came up with this idea? Were you just like thinking out loud or what happened to come well, up with Honor Roll? I, I can't remember the exact context. I think it was some kind of maybe theater meeting or teacher meeting or something like that. And we were talking about at the I.O. there was a long running program called The Lottery. It was very successful. And that was one student from every level was randomly drawn. And it would often be like very, and they would do shows for a month and kind of rehearse for a month. And they were very fun shows. And like, it was such a great opportunity for students because as you know, like, well, especially maybe three, four or five years ago, there wasn't always a lot of opportunity for students to be performing outside of class. There wasn't. Yeah. And so it was like great for them to be able to perform. They also got to meet people that weren't in their specific class and work with people and they would work with kind of like more veteran improvisers. And it was just kind of like a universally beloved program. And I was like, oh, why don't we have two of those? You know? Yeah. Uh, and so that, and, and it was kind of also, I think one thing that theaters not struggle with, but like a challenge they face is like the split of like uh, meritocracy versus egalitarianism. Like mm -hmm. on the one hand, improv is very much like everybody come on in and you're all welcome and we're all equal and all that. And that's wonderful. And that's a great part of improv. But we also need like at least a little bit of that. Like, and also the people that are the best, we kind of need to usher you to the front of the line because like we want you to get the most opportunity and we want you to stay here and we want you want the theater to be representative by your best yes like ambassadors i totally agree yes. with that and how cool to think of an idea to really engage your student base because a lot of this i think at earlier levels for students is like they're nervous to kind of make those moves to perform in that space because you guys put them on main stage at ios they had three different theaters and this was the biggest theater what a cool opportunity to take in order to get used to performing in that space and because those students perform in that space if they walked away very positive from that experience you know they're going to come back constantly to this ios so that student engagement idea was a wonderful idea yeah i mean even just on a crass business level i think if, if in level one or two and, and also, I mean, one thing I definitely learned like working in management was like the value of like compliments or a reward in some way, right? Like telling somebody like, you're doing great. Like we want you to do more goes so far, whether they're doing great or not. <laughs> yeah, no, they were always doing great, right? But, way uh, to mess up. Yeah. I really like your messing up. Well, and, and you know, like one of the joys of improv, one of the big things that hooked me was like the ability to meet and connect and work with like-minded individuals mm. and to put talented people with other talented people they might not know and to see them kind of spark and joy. Like I I still, IO's been closed 10 months, something like that. I, I'm coaching a group that formed out of the honor roll. Oh, wow. And still exists as like an independent team that that says something right again yeah. when you put funny people together they're gonna like each other sometimes and you know and sometimes they'll want to keep performing together and all that kind of stuff i think that's the great thing about improv like being able to find collaborators and partners and all that kind of stuff yeah i love the aspect that this art form i know when i first watched it i was like you can create anything and nothing stops you like i'm addicted to that that is such a i love this art form so much and that is what actually attracted me what's really cool is that other people believe the same thing so 
because we're all launched towards the same goal, like things that are created really surprise me. And that's what keeps me coming back is that I'm surprised by the work that's put on when I'm with other like-minded people. And it really speaks to like um, overall life where it's just like if we all have a common goal and we all want to succeed in that direction, we can surprise ourselves to what we'll get. Yeah. Uh, you started at iOS, is that correct? And then you yes. became a teacher, and then you went all the way up to artistic director. Yeah, all in like three weeks. It's very <laughs> impressive. We, <laughs> they, didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have any students, and they're like, we need teachers. <laughs> we have too many students. Um, how was that process for you? Do you feel like being at one theater really helped you in terms of how you trusted yourself to move on, or was it like, what was your experience from student to teacher? That's what I'd really like to know. Yeah. Well, and I would love to say that it was like all purposeful and planned and like strategic, but it was just kind of by <laughs> default. Cause like I was studying at other theaters, but like I was maybe given more opportunities at IO or felt more at home or lived closer to IO, you know, it's like yeah. all these like weird environmental things that conspire to uh, create your path in life. And so I, I went through classes and I was, I was lucky enough, I got put on a Herald team when I was still in class, which again was probably a stroke of luck and maybe a factor of in the mid 2000s, there was open spots available or oh, whatever, wow. you know, when I yeah. was there. Um, and so I was on a Herald team and other shows and teams at IO for probably five or six years, kind of just, you know, never leaving, uh, just hanging out a long time and making myself available. And then actually, so my father died and I was kind of home for his kind of the end of his life and his funeral. And I kind of came back to LA after that. And I was like, you know, after uh, any kind of big life moments, maybe a marriage or a funeral or a, a, a firing or a whatever, you often kind of reassess things. And I was like, you know what? I want to teach. And so I sent a cold email to the training center director and the artistic director. Oh, wow. It was just like, and I knew both of them. They'd obviously interacted with me just around the theater. And I was like, hey, I, I know probably plenty of people are asking about this. And I know there's probably a long line and whatever, but just know that I'm interested in teaching and I'm happy to jump through any hoops or just begin that process. And, you know, I got kind of got the form response of like, okay, good to know. Thanks. And then like two weeks later, they're like, uh, we just had a teacher quit or have to leave a class or something like that. Can you start teaching? You know? And again, like everything else, just serendipity and fortunate timing or whatever. Yeah. And so from then on I was teaching and then like three or four years later, I, there was an opportunity to become an artistic director and, I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't have been teaching and uh -huh. yeah. Wow. Um, when you were first pushed into that very first teaching experience, what was it like? Cause <sighs> to me, I feel like when you're first put into that teaching experience, it's how when an improviser first enters that stage of like, okay, this is, I guess we're doing everything that I'm taught. I'm going to just try to do. Yes, you're doing your impression yeah. of a teacher yeah. more than anything else. Well, I, I just read this thing that jives with me so much, and, and I'm going to mess up the name, but it's like, oh, this is from the 70s, and there's some like corporation or think tank or something that came up with this, like the four stages of learning. Mm -hmm. And the the first stage is ignorant incompetence, and I might mess up some of these words, but it's like basically you don't know what you don't know, yeah. right? And that's like a level one student you know, who wanders in, and it's just like whatever. And then the next stage is ignorant or no wait, what's the opposite of ignorance competent incompetence or something like that where basically like you know it's like your level three student who knows what improv is supposed to be they're mm -hmm. unable to get there most of the time yeah right and then the third stage is like competent 
oh, I'm sorry. So it's unconscious incompetence. It's conscious incompetence. The third stage is conscious competence, right? And this is, I think, where like most improvisers live, especially maybe once you've graduated a program, once you've been doing it for a year or two, where like you know what good improv should be. You can get there. It takes a lot of work, mm -hmm. right? And it's very conscious. You're constantly having to remind yourself. You have to be coached very heavily. You screw yeah. up a lot. And then kind of the final level of learning is unconscious competence, where you no longer have to think about it. Oh, wow. You're just instinctually good. Yeah. And and like in reading that, I was like, oh, man, that so jives with my experience. And I feel like I vacillate still between all four of those levels all the time. You yeah, know? Like you go back to and then you're yes. like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> yes. But certainly. And, and, you know, you kind of like you climb those levels as a performer and then you kind of have to start over as an instructor. Yeah. Right. And you maybe work your way up as a coach or a teacher through those same levels. And certainly when I started, it was unconscious incompetence and uh -huh. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was kind of, you know, you have a curriculum to fall back on and you have people you can ask for help and things like that. But like, Oh, I, I'm still friends with some of the people who are in the very first class I taught and they're kind humans. So they're always like, no, you were great. But I'm like, no, guys, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I, please take a class with me now. I'll show you. I've gotten better. Please don't know? lie to me. I know yeah. how bad I was. That is such a good way to uh, bring awareness to the process of learning. I love that. Four stages of learning. Because to me, it does feel like we still go through those phases, like you were saying, especially like when we plateau with a certain skill, right? Because when we plateau as improvisers or as people, I think we've become conscious of like, well, what am I missing here? Something's missing. And then we become conscious of it. And we're like, well, the thing that I'm not doing is A. And then you become so aware of it, you're trying to do it until it becomes instinctual. Yes. That is so cool. Well, and I think I, I was talking with Lloyd Alquist and Carla Kukowski at the West Side Theater too. Carla's the training center director. Lloyd's one of the owners. They're both very talented performers and teachers. But we were talking about this the other day. And talking about how, like, often, especially maybe if a theater has five or six or seven levels, those last three or four, mm -hmm. you're probably spending almost all your time in that conscious competence level mm. where it's, like, very difficult. You've you've acquired taste. You've been taught by enough people that you know, yes, and don't ask questions and all these kind of little rules in our head. And yet it's clunky. It's hard. can be joyless. I think a lot of uh, students struggle when it's like, oh, it was having fun in level two mm -hmm. level four i'm not having fun right and it's because they're in that level where yeah conscious competence is not fun yeah and if anything like when you didn't know what you were doing wrong you're having a blast mm -hmm. and now you know what you're doing wrong so you're constantly judging everything mm -hmm. and like you know kicking yourself afterwards and giving yourself notes and getting notes from other people and all these kind of things um and i think that's like one of the biggest struggles of a teacher or maybe a coach of a team is like to while teaching, noting, all these things, like to nudge people towards that unconscious competence of mm -hmm. like, okay, we've we've run the exercises and, and we know what to do. So now forget everything and go out there and be your best self. Yeah. You know? That's so, it's the only place you're gonna have fun. Yeah, and that's so true. What brings us to or those students what they're having fun to is that non judgment and just like going out there and be like, I'm just making stuff up, yeah. right? And then to be aware of like, well, you can make stuff up, but if you wanna make stuff up at a high level, these are the paths to follow. Be like, dude, I'm too aware. That's not, I, di I didn't sign up for this. I signed yeah. up to go out there, shout some words, 
make some relationships and then come back down. Yeah. Oh man, that that is so right. It's learning how to, and I think I'm going through this now as I'm growing older, it's learning to be aware of yourself, right? It's like understanding your own patterns and being aware of your own self is very enlightening, humbling, sometimes sad because you're like, I can't believe I keep doing this. We're like in your 20s, right? You're just out of, you just left home. So you're just excited. You're just doing things, right? And you don't care about any consequences. And there's a dumb confidence there. Yeah. uh, A cocksureness. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, where you don't realize the mistakes or whatever you're making or don't care or are just so excited it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, oh my God. Oh, that's so improv. one of Zach Huddleston. Wasn't that great? You were excited. I could tell you were excited. Anyways, if you want more information from Zach Huddleston, he said you can invite him to your show and he will show up. So if you want to play with Zach, shoot him a message on Facebook at Zach Huddleston. His link will be in the bio, the description. He teaches at Westside Comedy Theater. So if you like what he's talking about, go to Westside Comedy Theater, take a class from him, and then watch him perform there. Or go to the Sacred Fools Theater where he performs on a show called League of Fools. If you are a business and you're like, well, I only listen to this podcast because I need some business improv workshops, he's got you covered too. His new business, Improv Capita, focuses on business skills with improv backgrounds. So check it out. And I will see you soon for episode two. Zach is so nice. He is just so nice. 